Okay, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill brought to you by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Brian. I'm joined by Nick and Dom. And welcome back to the regular NFL season. What a crazy week one it's been. We've seen revenge games. We've seen um, our first tie of the season, crazy weather games, last second field goals, and star players getting injured. And that'll lead us into our first topic, which is something that people look forward to just as much as the actual start of the season, which is fantasy football. Who do you guys got on your teams? And do you got any regrets after week one? We'll have Nick start us off. Um, well, I'll go ahead and go with um, my my one uh, fantasy team that doesn't have 40 players involved in it. So Dom and I and uh, David were involved in a, a dynasty league. Uh, so we do like offense and defense, but I won't, uh, <laughs> I won't go through that whole roster, but basically my top picks from my other one were JK Dobbins, Jerry, Judy, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, and Dak Prescott. So I guess my biggest regret would probably be Dak Prescott, but I didn't regret it in the moment. He's usually a pretty high, like fantasy quarterback when it comes to scoring points and stuff like that so they always have a pretty um, big passing offense more so than their running offense has been in the past years that's why I didn't go with uh, Zeke this year or the past couple years I should say (laughs) Um, but you know I'm pretty happy with Javante Williams he's a guy that can uh, for Denver that comes out of the backfield I think he had like four or five receptions so that helps in a PPR league which is what I'm in and then Jerry Judy actually has a quarterback now. So I think he's going to go off the season and he kind of showed it yesterday with, uh, I think he had like 20 fantasy points or more or whatever. So definitely good. I feel like I got a decent squad, but without Dak Prescott, I kind of slide Jameis Winston in there into QB one spot. So hopefully he can kind of uh, maybe go back to where he throws 5,000 yards, but not 30 interceptions. Let's not do 30 interceptions. Let's just do 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. But that's kind of what I'm looking at. Not too many regrets. It's only week one. Maybe by week three, I'll have a a few more regrets. (laughs) I mean, Jameis Winston looked good last week. I mean, it might be a little different because he is going up against that Tampa Bay defense. Uh, Who do you got, Dom? So across the three leagues that I'm in, I think I have two yeah, two regrets. Um, one league that I'm in, I drafted Cam Akers a little bit later in the draft, but I was like, you know what? He's projected to to have a pretty good season. Everyone's saying he's going to be a breakout star. He's fully healthy in the Rams offense. I was like, you know what? I'll take a chance on him. And he goes out there and lays a literal goose egg with three rushing attempts and no points. So I'm glad he was in my starting lineup because I lost that week. <laughs> um, in another league, I have Justin Herbert as my starting quarterback, but I took Aaron Rodgers as my backup quarterback like eight, nine rounds after I drafted um, Justin Herbert. That pick may come back to haunt me if you know Justin Herbert goes down for whatever reason and I'm stuck with Aaron Rodgers with no wide receivers. I may be an overreaction to week one, but it – that package offense was not looking good. So I'm a little hesitant on putting Aaron Rodgers anywhere near my starting lineup at this point. I mean, I'm, I kind of want to lean towards it being an overreaction just because I could see that receiving core getting better throughout the year, but it was really rough watching in the first week. And 
What was the uh, receiver that dropped a wide open pass? Do you know his name? I forgot his name, but did you did you guys see how mad Aaron Rodgers looked after that yeah. drop? <laughs> he was like, "How do I reach these kids?" Is that, that's all his his wide right receiving core is. It's a bunch of rookies and then a fourteen year vet and Randall Cobb. <laughs> that that moment he was really missing Devonte Adams. That moment, he was really, really missing his uh, hallucinogens that he was taking and missing his couch because I bet he regrets not retiring. Probably just a little bit. So I'm in a start more of a simpler starter league because my first year doing fantasy. I do have uh, Russell Wilson as my starter. Jameis Winston as my backup. And then for running backs, I got Aaron Jones, James Conner, which they both did pretty good. My number one guy that I did pick in the first round was Jamar Chase, which gave me a little bit of a heart attack over the weekend because, like, the first half he barely got points, and then he started racking them up in the second half. And then one of the guys that got me a crap ton of points was Cade York. Thank God. Because I think he got me 16 points in my league. And then the only really – big regret I had was I thought the Packers defense was going to be a lot better than what it was. And they were garbage during the, against the Vikings. So that's really about it for me. But who do you guys got for uh, like your week one MVP? I mean, there's been several players that just played lights out this week. We'll have Dom start us off. Um, it's a guy that you just mentioned, Cade York, rookie kicker for the Cleveland Browns. Um, that was out of the draft. That was the one pick that I was really, really excited for for the Browns. Uh, you know, seeing a lot of his highlights of his time at LSU, seeing his stats, um, I, I was like, okay, this kid, he's either going to be fantastic in the league or he's going to be a, a huge bust. And coming out of training camp, there was a lot of hype going around him. And yeah, I'm really, really excited because I think the Browns finally have a kicker. Um, haven't had a, a good kicker since Phil Dawson, but um, I'm really glad that we have someone that we can rely on to give us a chance at scoring when the offense kind of fizzles out and we're on the opponent's side of the field. We could still potentially get points. So that's that helps the Browns out a lot. Yeah, and I was really excited when they got him too, and I know during like preseason they were showing clips of him making 70-yard field goals and just could you imagine if he made a 70-yard field goal in the last second to win a game that would be incredible. I don't think he'll ever do that to in a game just because warm-ups and in-game scenarios are completely different but the fact that he even has a leg power to kick the ball that far in the first place is really impressive. It is, but I mean, even his uh, what was it, fifty-eight yard field goal in the Browns game? That was halfway up the net. That probably could have been good for like sixty-five, sixty-seven. Yeah, exactly. So I could see him doing it in a game, push him to shove. Who do you got, Nick? Nothing like nobody out of the box. I mean, I I think that this week there was lots of things that we were looking for, and one of the things we were looking for was whether or not Patrick Mahomes could could play without Tyreek Hill. And I know he still has Travis Kelsey, so it's not necessarily that he doesn't have a, like a top tier weapon. But outside of Travis Kelsey, I don't really think he has like that caliber of weapon that Tyreek Hill was. Um, I know Juju is a pretty solid wide receiver. I know uh, Miko Hardman's a pretty solid wide receiver, but I just don't think that they're at that caliber or they ever will be at that caliber. 
So this was a good, I think everybody wanted to see whether or not he could, you know, play with a collection of guys rather than just, just the two. And I mean, he threw, you know, 400 some passing yards, four touchdowns, like just blew the Cardinals away. And I, I thought that defense would have done a lot better. I think it was me and somebody else, I think picked them um, maybe John uh, to kind of cover that points because they were only three and a half point favorites or something like that, I think. So last week, which is just insane, they ended up winning by like 20 points. But I think that he's probably my week one MVP just because he went out there and proved everybody that, hey, like he's not dependent on stars around him. He can go out there and actually play with a collection of guys. And I think that'll be super important for his legacy going forward. And, and if he can continue to make guys around him look better, um, then they don't have to really pay a guy like a number one wide receiver and they can still go out there and win championships and put a good offensive line and a good defense around them. Kind of like the new England Patriots did all those years with Tom Brady. So. And I'm agreeing with you because that's uh, who I got for my MVP. I mean, he lit that Arizona defense up. He spread the ball around, which just to me, I think that makes him even more dangerous is the fact that he's just spreading it to all of his receivers instead of focusing on just Kelsey, who he's worked with for years. But somebody else I would like to mention, even though I wouldn't give him the MVP, was uh, Geno Smith. I mean, he played way better than I thought he was. I mean, he almost had a perfect half. I think he didn't – he threw his first incompletion like four minutes before the halftime. So, I mean, he just played lights out and got a surprising win against the uh, Broncos. So, good job for him. All right, and one thing we were talking about, just like how we mentioned uh, the Cardinals, we saw a lot of contender teams go down pretty hard. We saw the Packers lose to the Vikings. Cardinals got blown out by the Chiefs. The Cowboys looked awful. The Rams looked really bad. I know a lot of this is going to be just overreaction. It is week one. These things will get fixed, but is there any team in the NFL where you actually feel like the fan base should kind of worry and maybe expect the season to not go that great. We'll start with Nick on this one. I kind of struggled with this question. Cause like, I don't know, we were talking before this, before we started rec- recording. And like, I do agree, you know, when Dom before this was saying like, it's week one, like there's no reason to overreact because, you know, a lot of these guys really haven't played in the preseason and it's week ones. So they haven't really played that much together, you know, but at, I don't know. It, this is a tough one because of that, but I do think that the Rams fan base probably is a little bit worried more than other teams around the league. I would say just because you have all that uncertainty around Stafford's elbow and he kind of, he missed some throws. Like he missed a lot of throws that he probably should have made. Like there was some mistakes that you don't normally see him make. Um, and that defense just, looked awful in the second half. And I know that this was a team before the season that I said, they literally have three superstars at every level of the defense. And it didn't look like it. It didn't look like they had a superstar in pass rush. It didn't look like they had a superstar at linebacker. It didn't look like they had a superstar in the secondary. Like Jalen Ramsey was kind of getting made look. He looked like Stefan Diggs made him look bad. Like, And that's, and that's saying something. So like, I don't know 
I don't know. I don't know what they're going to look like going to the rest of the season. You know, hopefully they kind of figure it out. Hopefully they they get right. Hopefully Matthew Stafford's elbow isn't really that big of an issue. But to me, that's the team. If I'm if I'm there in their fan base, I'm the most worried, just because my superstar quarterback looked awful. My superstars on defense looked awful, and my head coach looked like he had no idea how to deal with the Bills. So that's kind of that's where I'm at with that. All right. Uh, Dom, do you think anybody should be worrying about their team right now? I actually got two teams. Um, I think the Cowboys looked out of all the teams that looked bad in week one. I think the Cowboys looked the worst. Uh, it, it They didn't even show up to play. It was, they looked bad with Dak Prescott on the field and they looked even worse without him. The fact that they got Cooper rush now as their starting quarterback, maybe Jimmy G, if they pull the trigger on that, it's not looking good. You know, Z, continues to decline um yeah that that team is not looking good i'd also be very concerned if i was an arizona cardinals fan um you you guys know i've never really been that high on kyler murray i've always thought he's been kind of overrated and i don't really see him getting that much better especially with deandre hopkins being out for the next five weeks let me let me ask you guys this real quick though because I know the Cowboys looked awful, and they, they really haven't looked that good the past couple of years. Like, this this was a team maybe before the ankle injury when Dak um, kind of broke his ankle. Um, <laughs> they they looked like a team that really could compete for a Super Bowl. It was just maybe a head coach away or whatever it may be. But do you think this is a team that tears it down to the studs? Do you think this is a team that takes a lot of these guys who are – a little bit older, maybe underperforming for a team that you need, like like a guy like Zeke, where you're like, hey, I need you to be a number one running back, but he's just not. Maybe that's a guy that you ship off to another team for maybe some picks that he can go produce for a team where he doesn't have to be the main guy. Like things like that. Like just just kind of break it down to the studs, get a bunch of picks, you know, go into the next offseason with a bunch of money and you know, try to revamp around Dak and put a better offensive line around him, you know, get get some young, get some youth in there to go forward with that? Or do you think they should just kind of continue to retool and, and figure it out? I don't think they have any choice but to tear it down. But, you know, the the players that you would want to trade, they're not going to be able to get really anything for. No team's going to trade for Zeke, who's 26, 27, expensive on the downside of his career. No one's going to give you any good picks that are really going to be worth anything for him especially when they know that his um, guaranteed money is done and he's going to be gone at the end of the year anyways they're how is it probably going to just cut him so if i'm a team i'm not going to trade for him when i know i could just pick him up for a lot cheaper in free agency and then you know over the years they made the mistake of paying zeke the money that they did which means they couldn't you know, put some of that money into retooling some of that defense or getting some younger players into that offensive line because now you have an offensive line that's filled with guys that are way past their prime. And they they were good four or five years ago. They were the best offensive line of football, but they haven't replaced them with anyone. So now you have a quarterback that's good but injury prone. You have a running back that's expensive and not producing. And really the only offensive threat that you have is C.D. Lamb. And that's it. And now he has Cooper Rush to throw him the ball. So if if I'm an opposing defense, I'm just doubling C.D. Lamb. I'm not really worried about Zeke, and I'm really not worried about Cooper Rush. And the only player that they really have on that defense is Mike is uh, Parsons, 
and they have digs. Yeah, they have digs, but he was even getting burnt a lot in in training camp and in joint practices. And he, yeah, he's he's okay. He's he he's a pretty. But he didn't he didn't look bad though this past week. Like he's not he's he's a guy that the the problem too is like that's either that's way like, he can't be the whole safety. Just like Minka Parsons can't be the whole linebacking core. You know, it's no. Basically, no, no. you have the the one really solid cornerback. But that's but that's that's why I'm saying. Do you do you tear it down? Do you try to get? I mean, you're not going to get first round picks with all these guys. But even even if you can get a lot of mid round picks for these guys, you can still go out and find good value in the third and fourth round. So like, is this is this a year where you go? Well, Dak's going to be gone for half the season anyway. Why don't we just shut him down? Why don't we try to go out there and you know get as many picks as we can for these guys? Get as much value as we can. And then we can go in the offseason, like I said, with as much money as you can get, as many picks as you can get, and then let's go ahead and retool this I, I don't think they're going to be getting mid-round picks. No one's going to give you a third for a 35, 36-year-old offensive lineman. No one's going to give you a third or a fourth for Zeke. No one's going to trade for anyone in that wide receiving core except for CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, but so we never we never thought that Washington would give up three three third-round picks for Carson but, but, Wentz, but, but, and they Washington's did. So, like – Washington's a different story. Okay. I'm, saying, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. But what I'm not proposing is not. Sh- will other teams do it? I'm asking you. Should the Cowboys try to do it? That's the question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying they should try. It's just not going to work because they're not going to get the picks that they would want to get. Listen. I mean, you might be surprised what the Green Bay Packers would give up for a experienced receiver right now after week one. So or I'm or even which or which of the which of the Cowboys wide receivers could they feasibly trade for? Because mm-hmm. CD Lamb, it, it, he's probably off the table, and I don't think the Packers have the pick compensation that the Cowboys would want for him. So who well, else? Well, is Michael there? Michael Gallup's going to come back soon. Maybe that's a guy if they see him play for like a week or two, they go out and get him. But that's I also I don't be, I don't think I don't think the wide receiving line. core is gets, is what's going to get picked clean. I think it's going to be other positions that that do and and maybe and maybe they don't maybe they don't have the players to really trade maybe that they don't have any reason not to because i mean their division went from one of the worst to now the eagles are looking really good the giants looked surprisingly good for some reason in week one beat the titans well, Sa- Saquon was healthy and he looked pretty nice yeah (laughs) so and even even i mean even the commanders with with Carson Wentz, like I know he threw a couple picks, but like he spread the ball around. You had three guys who had a touchdown and close to 100 yards each in receiving. So like, so yeah. they're not they already are writing this season off because their division is performing way better than it has been in the recent years. So I mean, yeah, I'd just tear it down. Plan for but the future. It is also week one, and we know historically what eventually we know Carson Wentz to become. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that's going to give you 40 fantasy points every week. You know, the the Giants, yeah, they had one good week, but let's put that together for a whole season. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm thinking, okay, the Commanders and Giants are going to regress to back to what we expected them to be for the most part. Their only real competition would be the Eagles, but now they don't have a quarterback and they don't really have any offensive weapons to do it so if, if i'm jerry jones i'm thinking okay the division's still up for grabs someone like michael gallup coming back is really going to help them out because now you're already kind of behind the eight ball with cooper rush but adding another veteran wide receiver that can really make plays for you is gonna really take a lot of pressure off of cd lamb i mean i so, wouldn't say it's 
vision's up for grabs, though. I mean, with, you know, Dak being out for half the season, basically, there's no way they're going to be able to keep up with the uh, Eagles, you know. The Eagles, the, yeah, the Eagles are going to win that division. I, yeah, I now they're that. just hoping they can maybe squeeze into one of the three wild card spots, and even then, that's kind of iffy. Yeah, but they, Jerry Jones did say that um, Prescott's not going to go on the IL, which means he he may be back in less time than everyone's anticipating. Because okay. if, if he was going to be put on the IL, he'd have to miss a minimum minimum of four weeks. So if he's not going in the IL, that means that they could expect him back before that. So That's who knows? A, it's a big if. It's, I mean, it, well, yeah, it's a big if. But if it was as serious as what people are saying, then he would have been put on the IL. If it's if it's supposed to be six to eight weeks he's not and he comes back at four then he's not coming back fully healthy so like i i mean i know i know science is a lot different now you know what i mean like maybe that maybe they can do something but we've seen that happen before i mean look at baker last year we're limping onto the field and look off well you want like like you get you get derrick henry coming back in the playoffs last year like that probably didn't help so like because the medical experts suggest six to eight weeks doesn't mean that that's what the football players or the football teams end up doing. You should probably listen to the medical experts. Oh, I, I, I agree. They, should listen to the medical they experts. probably they're they they are the experts for a reason. When they say six to eight weeks, they that's that's probably actually them being a little bit generous. Like they probably actually were like, hey, you probably should wait like nine weeks before you like go full. No, no I. I, I agree 100%. They should listen to the medical experts, but at the end of the day, these NFL teams are going to do whatever they want to do. If the doctor says six to eight weeks, but Dak is like, yeah, my thumb feels fine, even though it's like hanging off his hand, they'll be like, all right, you're going out there. <laughs> Give me yeah. your shot. Well, and that's and that's why teams like the Cowboys won't win a Super Bowl in the next decade. Well, so. that, there's, there's more reasons than that, but that's a big one. Huh. Yeah. Well, uh, my team to worry about, I'm agreeing with Nick on this one. I think it's the Rams, and I'll get into more detail. But since our next topic is a breakdown of the Rams versus Bills game, what you guys think? We'll let Dom start, and I'll get into it when it's my turn. The Bills are the best team in the NFL. I think by far best team in the NFL. Josh Allen, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. You have an amazing wide receiving core. The defense is solid. The only question mark that I have on this team is the running game. And you know what? If they can rely on it a little bit and Josh Allen could still perform at a high level, then they don't really need a running game because Josh Allen can also be part of the running game. Um, yeah, there's really no holes to this team. I think right now they're the favorite in the AFC. All right. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I mean – I think I think the Bills are I think the Bills probably are the most complete team when you talk about defense offensive wise. I do agree they they need to do a little bit better when it comes to the run game. As long as a whole team they can rush for, you know, around a hundred yards a game, I think they'll be fine. You know, they'll keep defenses honest in that way. And um I I don't think that that they're like the best team by a huge margin, though. I do think that the Chiefs from what we saw with the Cardinals game, I do think that those are probably two of the best teams in the uh, league. When you add the chargers into that, I think that those three teams are probably the top three teams in the league at this point. 
And I think that they are three of the most complete teams from what we saw in week one. I do think that, you know, the Rams, like I said, they have a lot to be worried about. Um, I think Cooper Cup did fine, but Matthew Stafford only threw to Cooper Cup for some reason, nobody else. And he has pretty good weapons outside of him, which is weird. And, you know, like I said before, Matthew Stafford looked rough and that defense looked bad. Like Jalen Ramsey got burnt by Stefan Diggs. Like Stefan Diggs made him look like he was a $5 million a year cornerback, not a $20 million a year cornerback. And that's just, I, I don't know how else to describe that. I mean, you can't be locked down against the B rated wide receivers only you have to lock down or at least I mean you're not going to lock down guys like Stefan Diggs you're not going to lock down guys completely like you know Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins I get that but you got to at least it's got to be at least one for one you know what I mean you got to stop them they got to get one like back and forth I get that but when you're getting paid that kind of money and you look that bad that's that's not good so and we know Aaron Donald is he's getting older like he's not but he still is productive, right? But you at least gotta you at least gotta make your presence felt a little bit more. I feel like in that that defensive line had to make their presence feel a little bit more than what it was, and it it just they didn't. So I don't know. It that game was was weird. And I hope they bounce back. I do because you know, I was super happy that Matthew Stafford got a Super Bowl win last year. Um, and I don't know. It's just, just weird. Just weird. They kind of, that, that first half was weird. It was really the second half that the bills kind of, kind of blew them, blew them out. But that first half was just a weird game where he had all those turnovers. And so, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just look at this Rams team. It's very different feeling than the one that went to the Super Bowl. I mean, I know they lost some pieces on that O-line, but they gave up seven sacks which is a lot where you'd think the Rams defense, which has been elite for years, they only got to um, – crap, I'm forgetting his name. Bill's quarterback. Oh, Josh Allen. Dear God, I'm having a brain fart today. Yeah, Josh Allen, <laughs> he only got sacked twice. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Stafford's arm issue might be bothering him more than we think. Because when I was watching that game, they kind of – they ran the ball a lot in kind of in really weird situations like every drive they'd get their very first play would be just running the ball and it only get them one or two yards and I mean they only got 52 rushing yards that game so just their play calling their o-line looked really bad their defense looked really bad where the bills every aspect of that team just seemed on point ready to make the playoffs ready to go to the super bowl so I mean, it just went from a game where I thought it could have been a preview of this year's Super Bowl to, you know, just being a really odd mismatch. But One thing that I, um, that I want to add, and I, I noticed this with, you know, some of the other teams that we mentioned that we were worried about, the way that the Rams played would be how I'd expect a, a new team with like a new quarterback, a lot of new pieces – and a new head coach to play. What concerns me about the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Cardinals is they have the same head coach, same quarterback, for the most part, the same players. So these these guys have been 
teammates before. Like they know how to play with each other. And the fact that they went out there and laid an egg like that, that that's concerning. It's very concerning. Well, and and, I, sorry not to cut you off, but I'll say this too is like, I think sometimes we don't like look enough at teams that don't change. And then we wonder like, Oh, they have all the same guys. Like the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. Like, Pretty much all their same superstars are back, you know, outside of Von Miller being there. They brought in, you know, Bobby Wagner, but like that's not I mean, that's superstar for superstar. I understand Von Miller does a little bit different things than Bobby Wagner does, but still. But for the most part, that's the same team. They didn't change, but that's not always a good thing because the rest of the league is changing. The rest of the league is getting better. So, I mean, maybe maybe the Rams were just really good last year, but. Now they're just not that good of a team because everybody else in the league is better. You know what I mean? Like they'll still win games. They'll still be better than some of the teams, but maybe the Cardinals and the Rams just aren't going to have that good of a season this year because they didn't really change. They didn't, they didn't really improve. They just stayed the same and everybody else got better and improved. You know what I mean? When you look at like the Packers, like they got worse and they looked worse than the Vikings. So who knows? Maybe that's, maybe that's something that we're missing as well too is like, they just didn't change and everybody else got better. Well, that is a really good point. I mean, they do have, a, for the most part, the same roster. Uh, let's talk about two players that might not be with their teams come next year. Do you think, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson and Kareem Hunt are going to get, you know, contracts last extensions for their uh, teams? Because I know Lamar Jackson, their his entire talks have, you know, completely collapsed. Kareem Hunt had the whole issue where he demanded to be traded and the Browns fully just said no. What's your opinion, Nick? If Lamar Jackson's not extended, I would be like really surprised. I guess you could look at that like Baker Mayfield situation with the Cleveland Browns, and they were like, we could do, we could find better. And they did. And, and Deshaun Watson theoretically, hope, you know, if he comes back and he actually plays like he was before, then yes, they found better. But I just don't, I don't see around the league where they could necessarily find better unless they trade Lamar for the first overall pick and draft one of the two coming from, you know, either CJ Stroud or, or Bryce Young. And then they kind of plug and play them into that offense that is super prolific and they go ahead and just continue on. But there's no guarantee that those guys would even be as good as Lamar is anyway. So I don't know. I do think that Lamar doesn't, he gets a lot of flag for his passing abilities. I do think he's a lot better than what people give him credit for. Um, obviously he's not as prolific as a passer as when you talk about Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, but I do think that he is a good enough passer and he doesn't get enough credit for what he does with that. And obviously what he's able to do running wise um, is I, I don't think anybody else in the league is able to do that. And I do see him year by year getting better when it comes to his passing abilities. So I think that transition will be better when he's not as mobile as he once was, unlike what we saw with Cam Newton. So I just, I don't, I think that they'll give him the money. I just think at this point, you know, they were kind of, maybe it was just back and forth on the small things. And obviously Lamar's representing himself. So there could be like a little hiccup there with that, but I think eventually it'll get done. Kareem Hunt, I don't think he'll be with the Browns next year just because I think he's going to want more money than what they're going to want to give him. And they're going to have to make a decision. It's either going to be him or it's going to be Nick Chubb. And I think they want to stick with Nick Chubb and they can go get a, they can go get a change of pace back somewhere else, or they can just go with Dearness Johnson. Like, I don't think that they really need Kareem hunt 
to be successful because they could go get another guy who can catch the ball in the backfield and be that more speed back um, for less money. You know, they, he, they might not be like as productive, but it's not going to be much less. I mean, that offensive line is still pretty solid and they still have Nick Chubb, who's a top five running back in the league. And, you know, I think that they'll be fine. So he'll probably have a new home next year. What's your thoughts on it, Dom? Um, I agree with Nick. I'd be surprised if Lamar Jackson isn't extended. He'll probably get a franchise tag this year. Um, you know, I, I still think he technically has two more years of team control because they can franchise him twice, I think. So twice or three times he could be franchise tag. Either way, he's going to be – I think that they could, you can just franchise tag as much as you want, but at some point it just gets no, I, astronomically I think it was, expensive. I think there is a limit. Because I think Kirk Cousins hit that limit with the no, uh, they just they just didn't want to franchise tag him again because it was going to be because every year it goes up by like like uh I don't know what the percentage you're, you're paying like the top five of your position. No, I know, but then it just it just goes up after that. Yeah. So once once you're franchise tagged, it's like like you said, it's like the top five. But then every year, it every time after that, I think there's like a percentage that it goes up, and you can keep doing it. But then at some point, you're just getting paid so much money that you're like, is it really worth it? At least as I think, I think that's how it works. Unless they changed it CBA wise. I'm doing. looking it up now. So, what do you guys think? Uh, Lamar well, demanding. Well, I, I read that he turned down a 250 million dollar. Yeah, but after the after the game, they did a press conference and they said that he said that that wasn't even true. So, at or damn near fully guaranteed. Yeah, but after after the game, they did a press conference and said that wasn't true. So he said that that wasn't true. He said he said, "Oh, well, yeah, of course he's going to see that." He said two hundred and fifty million dollars fully guaranteed. No, they didn't offer that to me because <laughs> he would have accepted that because that's insane. No, I do. I I think what they're trying to get him to do, and I I think honestly, the Cleveland Browns kind of ruined the quarterback market when they gave Deshaun Watson the deal that they did with the fully guaranteed deal. I think that he wants a fully guaranteed deal. I think he went to the Ravens and he said, hey, I don't need $50 million a year if you're going to fully guarantee me a contract. I, I want to have good players around me. I want to continue to have good success, but I want it 100% guaranteed. And I think the Ravens have a problem with that because they feel like at some point his body's going to break down and he's going to be injury prone and he's not going to be available all the time. And I think that they don't want to give him a fully guaranteed contract because in the last two years of his deal that they're going to give him, they want it out. And I think that's where they're stuck on this, is he's like, I'm. he thinks that he's better than Deshaun Watson, and maybe he is at this point, but he wants a fully, fully guaranteed contract, and I don't think they're willing to give that to him. Either way, I think he'll get the extension um, with Kareem Hunt. It makes no sense for the Browns to keep him. I think they already have their backup uh, for next year in Jerome Ford, who can do a lot of the same things that Kareem Hunt can do, and he looked really impressive at the preseason. You know, for the amount of money that Kareem Hunt's going to want, he's going to want RB1 money. And at 27, you know, he doesn't have a lot of the wear and tear on his tires that a lot of um, players of this caliber would have. So I think that there is some appeal to other teams to make him an RB1. But it makes no sense for the Browns to pay him when next year, when you when you're paying Deshaun Watson forty five million dollars, um, they're going to have to reallocate some money elsewhere. So if you can get similar production out of Jerome Ford and Dearness Johnson, that's what you roll with. I mean, he he would be a guy for the Browns that if they're super comfortable, you know, going with Dearness Johnson and Jerome Ford, um, 
after the trade deadline, he might be a guy that they try to ship off somewhere that they could maybe get some good value out of, get maybe a second round pick out of him. Um, I, I think um, Dearness Johnson would be the one that, that they would trade. The The money is a very favorable. He's making less than a million bucks. Um, and the production was there. We saw no, what I'm he saying, I'm saying Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt would be a guy that. that yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm saying that of the running backs, uh, I think Dearness Johnson would be the one that would probably bring them the best return in the trade market, mostly because of the money. I think that there's obviously a drop-off in talent, but I don't think it's that significant of a drop-off. And Kareem Hunt's making, what, six, five to six million bucks in Dearness Johnson. But for, but, for, but for a team that doesn't really have, maybe for a team like the Bills, like maybe the Bills pull the trigger and go ahead and get themselves a running back and they give him a, the, you know, it's they give him a three-year extension when he gets over there, and then that's 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 a team that I could see being like, yeah, here's a second-round pick for him because we know he's going to be productive over the next couple years, especially behind that offensive line and with that passing I don't, offense. I don't think they would ever get a second-round pick, even if a team was desperate. I think maybe a with third. With how productive he is, though, I mean, that's yeah. But he, so the, the running backs are has, so running backs are so replaceable. They can go draft. <laughs> are running back in the fourth round and get similar production. Like I get Kareem Hunt's really productive, but teams switch out running backs like like nothing. Like it's not really a high I would, value. I would I would I would put him out there in the market and see what you can get. And if you can get if you if you can even get a third round pick for him, I'd probably ship him off. Just because I, I would I would rather lose him for something than not lose him than lose him for nothing. You know what I mean? Because he does still have pretty good value. Like, well I mean he's he still He's, still he's worth more. Right he's now. worth more to the team right now because they they need both Chubb and Hunt, especially while Deshaun Watson's suspended. But if so, they if they need them. Right. That the drop off isn't that much between the well, other running backs. Hold players. on, let me let me finish my sentence here. They need they need him. They need both of them for offense production because they need someone to rely on that's not Jacoby Brissett. But I think right now the trade market would be better for DeAndre Johnson, mostly because of the money. He's making a lot less money, and he's still very talented, and he's younger than than Kareem Hunt. So I think out of all the running backs, DeAndre Johnson would be the one to get moved because he would get them the big, the bigger return because he's younger, he's making less money, and the yeah, drop off not, between him and Kareem Hunt's not that significant. But it's and Kareem it's Hunt. Not- it's not. It's right. not about. It's not about the return. It's about. It's about getting something out of somebody who's going to leave anyway. Dernis Johnson is not leaving at the end of the season. He's going to still be there. So like, yeah, I get why, that. But why? Right, why, 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 would, why would you trade somebody who's still being productive for you, who's still under contract, who's not going anywhere, and not trade the person who's going to leave because, at the end of the because season? Because you got you got Jerome Ford. They're betting on Jerome Ford to be their their number two next year. And right now, Kareem Hunt is worth more to the team right now to help them in the playoff push that they're hoping that they can be on than shipping them off mid-season for a fourth or fifth round pick. The fourth or fifth round pick isn't going to help the team this year. But that's but, but I'm not but I'm not saying you you give them away for a fourth or round. I'm just saying if if somebody's willing to give you a, a second or third round pick for him, I would pull the trigger on it just because you're you're going to lose them for nothing anyway. And the other I mean, two yeah, the, if other, a team, the other two behind Nick Chubb, they're still going to be just as productive. So, if a team is dumb enough to offer a second round pick for Kareem Hunt, yeah, I would take that that any day. But <laughs> they'd be pretty dumb to do it. Um, yeah, either way, I don't think he's going to be on the Browns next year. Yeah, and I don't either. So, what do you guys think is going to be the best game of week two? 
What do you think, Dom? I, I think it's it's definitely got to be Kansas City and the Chargers. I think those are two of the best teams in the AFC, definitely two of the best offenses. I'm really intrigued to see how those AFC West teams play against each other because, you know, you got the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Raiders. I think they're just going to eat each other alive. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see two of the best teams of football go against each other. All right. What do you think, Nick? I mean, obviously the, the Chargers and Chiefs are probably going to be the premier game of the week this week. I mean, you look at the Chargers, I think that's another team that's has, you know, a complete team at all three levels of the defense. And then they have pretty much, you know, a number one, the probably a top 10 quarterback in the league and their wide receiving core is pretty top tier as well too. So I think that that's going to be probably the game of the week. I think the other game that is going to be a pretty close second, it's going to be the Dolphins Ravens game. I think that's going to be a fun game. I think that this is a Dolphins team where this is going to be their, you know, true test to see where they're at and to see where two is at. And I think that they have the offensive weapons to do it. Obviously, I think my one of my favorite things to come out of week one was watching Jalen Waddle do his Waddle celebration in the end zone. Um, I, for some reason, didn't know that that was the thing until week one. So maybe I'm behind on that, but that was pretty fun. But And I just think that uh, Devin DuVernay and Lamar Jackson, that's going to be a fun duo to watch for this season. And I just think that's going to be a really fun game. Two quarterbacks who are – you know, kind of similar, obviously, to is not as fast or as agile as Lamar Jackson, but he can be mobile and they both have speed wide receivers. So they're pretty similar teams. And I think their defenses are pretty similar, too. So this will be I think it'll be a fun, hard fought game. Yeah, I really want to see how the uh, Miami defense deals with the Ravens offense, because I mean, I was not expecting them to do as well as they did last week. I mean, I was I picked New England and ooh, was I proven wrong? <laughs> and I just I keep waiting for J.K. Dobbins to come back so that he can rush for six yards of carry again. So, <laughs> all right, we'll move on to our last topic of the night, which is our underdog bets. And we actually had a big week of upsets. We had seven teams get, you know, seven. Yeah, sorry, one second. We had a big week of upsets. We had seven underdogs win their games and get the upset. So the biggest one was the Texans, who were nine-point underdogs, got the tie. So I don't know if you'd count that, but, you know, close enough. The other one was the Bears getting one over on the 49ers. They were seven-point underdogs. And somehow, someway, we had seven teams get the upset, and we didn't pick a single one of them. Hopefully we can do better this week, guys. Come on. Who do you got, Nick? That's a good question. <laughs> I think that a pretty safe one, uh, if we were able to gamble here in Ohio, <laughs> I think would be, yeah, in January once the football season's over. Um, I think that a safe one might be the Saints-Buccaneers, that the two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Just because for whatever reason, the, the Buccaneers always have so much trouble with the Saints. I don't know why. And, like, I think Jameis Winston is a guy who's going to throw the ball. He's probably going to throw interceptions, but he's going to throw lots of yards. He's going to throw lots of touchdowns. And I think with Michael Thomas being back and looking healthy and looking productive, he, Jameis Winston might have, you know, one of the best wide receiving cores in the league with 
Thomas and Alave and Jarvis Landry like that. And then he has Kamara in the backfield. So once he comes, no, he is there. He's not suspended yet. But once, you know, so I think that um, that that's going to be a team that might give the Buccaneers some trouble. And we'll see. So that's that's going to be my pick is going to be the Saints Buccaneers game. I think that the, the Saints could potentially upset them. All right, I like it. Uh, who do you got, Don? I'm looking at the Panthers and the Giants. The Panthers, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I know the Giants played really well, but, again, I got to see it for more than one week. Um, I was pretty impressed with the Panthers overall in week one. Um, I think I thought Baker played a lot better than what we saw last year, definitely closer towards the 2020 Baker, though he still wasn't really that great. He was definitely a serviceable uh, quarterback and definitely an upgrade over Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater. You got a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson looked really good. Overall, that defense looked pretty good. Um, two and a half point underdogs over the Giants. Yeah, I I would put money on that. Um, I think it's a pretty safe bet. All right, we all got different games this week. I'm going with one we've already talked about. I'm going with uh, Miami over the Ravens. Miami's 3.5 point underdogs. I just really think that defense, if they can keep that going, could cause a lot of problems for Lamar. And this isn't me doubting his, you know, ability, but just they made life hell for the Patriots. And I mean, they came out and ended up being one of the best defenses in week one. So we'll see how they do. Hopefully we get some points on the board. You know, you know what's like three games that that I think would be interesting too is like the Vikings are three point underdogs to the Eagles. Like that's that I didn't I kind of just saw that one, but that's that's an interesting one. And then like like no joke, honestly, <laughs> the Bears are nine and a half point underdogs to the Packers. But yeah, the, I saw that. I was like, ooh. But the Packers looked bad the week one though. Like I'm not saying the Bears are a good team, but like. They could do it. They could do they it. Could, they could do it. We, we see the Packers look bad every week one, though. But but it was just, I don't know, it just felt different. Because, like, so so mm-hmm. last, last year's week one, I personally believe that Aaron Rodgers purposely played bad that game. Whether or not anybody wants to believe it, I think that he went out there and said, this is, this is what it would look like without me. And that being aside, this week one looked different. It looked like he couldn't get those guys to catch a ball to save their lives. And the defense looked awful. And I'm not saying the bears are the second coming of, you know, whatever, but that's that, that's a nine and a half point underdogs is a little dramatic for me. And then the other one is the Falcons Rams game where the Falcons are 10 point underdogs. Like the Rams, they didn't look good. Like, and I don't, I don't, that's, that's a lot to me too. So those, those might be two two games where we see weird upsets because um, I know in week one, like like you said, you had the Texans who were nine point underdogs, and then the the Bears were seven point underdogs too in week one. So I don't know. I mean, I I would be really tempted to take the Falcons just because. I mean, I know they play the Saints hard every year, but if they play the Rams hard like that next week i could see it happening which i mean that'd be awesome all right so we'll wrap up the show have a good night everybody this has been two minute drill thank you everyone for listening to another episode of two minute drill 
And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, DDS. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, Two Minute Drill listeners, until next time.